Chapter 1 A Force for the Gospel Other men seemed to be only half alive, but Whitfield was all life, fire, wing, force. My own model, if I may have such a thing in due subordination to my lord, is George Whitfield. With unequal footsteps must I follow his glorious track. Charles Spurgeon Reaching from one side of the Atlantic to the other, the expansive ministry of George Whitfield, 1714-1770, remains unmatched to this day. Relentless in drive and fervent in soul, this grand itinerant was the chosen instrument in the hands of our sovereign God for the ingathering of untold thousands into his kingdom, reaching the British Isles from London to Edinburgh and the American colonies from Boston to Savannah, This anointed herald of the gospel was the force behind the British evangelical movement and the first great awakening. There had been other open-air preachers before Whitfield. In the thirteenth century, the Valdensians circulated throughout Central Europe propagating the gospel. During the fourteenth century, a band of brave preachers known as the Lollards were sent out by John Wycliffe, circa 1320-1384, to proclaim Christ in the villages and fields of England. Howell Harris, 1714-1773, a contemporary of Whitfield, had preached in the open air of Wales. But never had there been anyone like Whitfield in terms of scope and power. In fact, not since the first-century missionary journeys of the Apostle Paul had such an evangelistic preaching been taken so directly to the masses of the world. In his thirty-four years of ministry, Whitfield preached some eighteen thousand sermons, often to multiplied thousands. If informal messages are included, such as in private homes, this number easily increases to thirty thousand sermons, perhaps more. Three sermons a day were common, four were not uncommon. Conservative estimates are that he spoke a thousand times every year for more than thirty years. In America alone, it is estimated that eighty percent of the colonists heard him preach. This means Whitfield was seen by far more American settlers than was George Washington. Whitfield's name was more widely recognized by colonial Americans than any living persons except for those of British royalty. It is believed that Whitfield preached to more than ten million people over the course of his ministry, a staggering number. Making seven demanding trips to America, Whitfield crossed the Atlantic Ocean thirteen times for the express purpose of preaching the gospel. He spent almost three years of his life on a ship en route to preach. In all, about eight years of his life were spent in America. He made fifteen trips to Scotland, two to Ireland, and one each to Gibraltar, Bermuda, and the Netherlands. Of this unparalleled outreach, Whitfield could truly say— The whole world is now my parish. Wheresoever my master calls me, I am ready to go and preach the everlasting gospel. Since the time of the apostles, the annals of church history record no other individual who possessed such gospel ambition and relentless determination. Whitfield's contemporaries never encountered his like. The great English hymn writer William Cowper marveled that in Whitfield the apostolical times seemed to have returned upon us. Another famed hymn writer, John Newton, stated, As a preacher, if any man were to ask me who was second best I had ever heard, I should be at some loss. But in regard to the first, Mr. Whitfield so far exceeds every other man of my time that I should be at no loss to say. 
Yet another renowned hymn writer, Augustus Toplady, praised him as the prince of preachers, the apostle of the English empire, and the most useful minister that has perhaps been produced since the days of the apostles. The greatest preachers of history have been the strongest admirers of Whitfield. J. C. Ryle, a noted preacher and author, asserted, I believe no English preacher has ever possessed such a combination of excellent qualifications as Whitfield. Whitfield, I repeat my opinion, stands alone. The undisputed prince of preachers, Charles Spurgeon, testified, Often as I have read his life, I am conscious of distinct quickening whenever I turn to it. He lived. Other men seem to be only half alive. But Whitfield was all life, fire, wing, force. My own model, if I may have such a thing in due subordination to my lord, is George Whitfield. But with unequal footsteps must I follow his glorious track.'